You're listening to episode 12 of Houseling Legends. This episode is proudly brought to you by CourageToBeFree.com, home of the Freedom Collective, the ultimate support network and community for freedom in life and in business. You have arrived into the world of house-sitting legends, the place where epic tales are told and pearls of wisdom flow freely. Join us as we meet those going above and beyond the call of duty, caring for homes and pets across the globe. Welcome to the House-Sitting Legends Podcast. Immerse yourself in the wonders of international house-sitting and unleash your inspiration for freedom and world travel. And now your hosts, Nat and Jody. Today we're heading across the pond over to the White Cliffs of Dover where Michelle Frost and her family of five, uh, the Frost family from upsticksandgo.com, are actually in a very unusual house sit. It's a house sit in an Airbnb with pets. I definitely want to find out about that. So Michelle, thank you so much. Please put on your Aussie accent, not your British accent today. I will do my best. Do I see how do I sound? Do I sound very Australian? No, not really. I'm not sure. No, no mate, you don't. So hailing from Tasmania. Oh no, I shouldn't say that. I'm from Tasmania, yes, that's right. Not really Australia, we're from Tasmania. Yeah, that's right. But you're also one of these very lucky people that we're super jealous of that has dual passports, which mm-hmm. allows you to do some incredible stuff with staying in Europe longer than the rest of us 90-day limited people. And that's really what I want to talk to you about because there's some fun stuff coming up for you. You've had an amazing experience of house sitting. So tell us about where you are right now before we go back into the past and hear about how you guys even hit the road. Family of five, super impressive. You already hit the legend status as far as we're concerned. You're already legends. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So where we are now. So right now we happen to be in an Airbnb in Folkestone and Folkestone is right next to Dover. So you can sort of, there's the white cliffs are sort of just out the window. We're here because, and we're Airbnb but also house-sitting because the people we're house-sitting for who also happen to be Australians, believe it or not. Mm. <laughs> we have a house that for before booked and then due to unforeseen circumstances they had to move out of the house that they were in, that we had house set for them before up in Sheffield in the UK. Um, and they're kind of between houses, but they still had this holiday they had to go on and they had three poodles that needed looking after. So they actually conferred with us as well to see where we might like to have, um, <laughs> where we might like to house sit or Airbnb sit. And so <laughs> it was a choice between here and another one out in the country. And we've done lots of house sitting in the country now, so we thought it might be nice to come to the ocean. That's so that's amazing. why we're here for, I think, three weeks. I think this is definitely into the unique thing. We, we just spoke to um, a fellow Aussie uh, recently and uh, he had a three-month house sit without pets, but they had to look after the IT of their elderly neighbours. So we thought that was pretty unique. Oh, but I think this is the cool. ultimate. This You've actually been sent on a vacation to house sit or, or dog sit. <laughs> so this is so unique. It's a brilliant. It's oh, very cool. Yeah, we're happy. We get to um, we get to go and hang out at the beach a little bit more than we have been, and uh, especially now that it's getting slightly warmer here in the UK. Mm. So, 
Cool. So I know what we've got coming out. We might get back to that a little bit later. But maybe to start with, um, you are a house-sitting family of five. So three kids, you and Simon. Uh, tell us about how you started on this world journey because you've been traveling for, what, a year now, is it? Yeah, I think we've just had our one-year anniversary. So we left home, which is in Tasmania in Australia, uh, in June last year. Mm -hmm. And we we have three children, as you said. When we left, they were uh, 10... 12 and 13, I think. That's just 14. She remember. 14, yes. So we've all had a birthday <laughs> since we've been on the road. Funny enough, because it's been a year. Um, so anyway, we left, and they were sort of those ages, roughly. I've got five children, so I'm allowed to be a little bit vague. Um, <laughs> they also all get each other's names, so they're used to that. Uh, so anyway, we decided we should see a tiny bit of Australia before we headed off overseas and we drove across the Nullarbor and camped in tents and things and then we drove up the west coast of Australia um, yeah, and saw a lot of Western Australia, which was lovely. And then we got to Darwin and we sold our car there uh, to a, a gentleman who does a, has employs a lot of uh, woofers, so willing yeah. mm -hmm workers on farms or something, whatever yep. it is. Uh, so lots of young people coming from overseas wanting to uh, do a little bit of work in exchange for accommodation. And he said that our van would be really good for them with the tent and everything else for camping because they mm. could go and explore mm. around Darwin. So that was nice to know that the van was going to a good home that yeah, would get lots of fun. Awesome. Yeah, so we're happy about that. So we flew to... Uh, to Lombok in Indonesia and we stayed there for a month um, and then we proceeded to travel through, um, where else did we go, Kuala Lumpur and then to Vietnam and Cambodia and, and Bangkok. So we, we did all of that in about four or five months yep. and then we flew over to France and that's when we did our first house sit. We managed to uh, score a house sit in country France about an hour out of Toulouse mm. with a the closest major town that anyone would know. Uh, in a, I think it was built in the 1790, a three-story mansion that is a, a bed and breakfast in its normal life. Right. So it, and it's beautiful, absolutely stunning, in a little French village. So we spent Christmas there, and that was our first um, experience at house sitting, which we loved, and we haven't actually stopped since. Wow. And I guess for the, for the kids as well, it's uh, it was the first experience of having a sorry, whole, whole Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> They were actually really upset, though, because it didn't snow. <laughs> it was going to be cold. It must at least get snow, so it looks good. <laughs> so, uh, they were, yeah, so we, we thoroughly enjoyed it there. We had horses and rabbits and guinea pigs and a St. Bernard dog and a cat. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was plenty of animals for them to look after, and we have left a couple of animals at home who are being pet sat themselves by my family. So... Yeah. Uh, it was really nice for them to be able to, um, after six months without any animals, to have some some furry friends to heap a whole lot of love on, which they did. Oh, yeah, so, that's so cool. That was, <laughs> that's really cool. But um, that is where we probably, we had our first disaster, which I'm not sure if you want me to talk about. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that was this, our this is what makes house. you a legend. <laughs> it was our very first house. It we had had two nights with the family. They were they they're gorgeous. In fact, that's what I love about house sitting. You don't don't just get to hang out with some great pets in some lovely places. You also get to make friends, and we have every single place that we've house at. We we count the house owners as our friends now, so it was lovely. Yeah. Anyway, they went away, 
And that very night, their rabbit, one of their rabbits that had been a little unwell before they left, they actually thought they might have to put this rabbit down. Uh, that rabbit died while I was <laughs> holding the poor thing. It was oh. just, um, it was just really old and quite unwell. I'd been medicating it uh, as per instructions leading up to its pa- passing. But yeah, so our very first house sit on our very first night of officially being by ourselves in the house, uh, an animal died, which was a little tragic and not quite how we wanted to start our house sitting career. Absolutely not. uh, Well, the the interesting part is that um, we actually you're actually the second Australian family who are house sitting that has had a bunny rabbit die. Now, I don't want our listeners to think (laughs) that if you take on a house sit with bunny rabbits, and if you happen to be of Australian heritage, that this is going to happen to you. Um, but it is kind of strange. So I will ask straight away, which is what we did ask Erin uh, Bender as well, uh, but her kids were really little at the time. I think they were only you know, four or five or something, um, and their bunny rabbit had escaped uh, and then died. So your kids are a bit older and a bit more worldly now as well, but how did they cope with uh, actually having to deal with the loss of a pet? Uh, well, I think they coped better than if it was their own pet at home. They'd yeah. only known the rabbit for a short time. They were sad, that's true. But um, because we come from a, a sort of small farm, we've got a little bit of land and we've had quite a few animals over the years. Yeah. So they're not, uh, you know, as you said, they're worldly enough to know that um, that things die. Um, so, you know, they, they were certainly weren't happy and it did affect them, but it didn't... Um, it didn't make them sort of cry for days and days or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Simon, being very capable, he was um, very good at following instructions to exactly where to bury the rabbit, which the owner told us. So, yeah. so it didn't have to um, just hang around for three weeks till they got home. Uh, we yeah, were able yeah. to um, look after it for them. And, yeah, so it was it, – it turned out okay, but it was just an unfortunate experience. So, yeah, for a first one. Yeah. But I think that's why sometimes universally stuff happens um, purely just to those who can handle it best. And, you know, if your homeowners have uh, given you a little bit of warning on that as well, then, um, you know, hate yeah. to say it, but it's probably great that it was you guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we, had, we handled it very well. I mean, in... In all honesty, it's the homeowners feel terrible when something like that happens. Yeah. They feel very bad that, that they're not there, not just for their pets, but also that you've had to deal with that. So mm. for us, it was a big thing. Once the animal was not with us anymore, there isn't anything more we could do for the animal. It was more about reassuring the, the homeowners that we were fine and, you know, that. Um, so it was more about reassurance for them as well so well I remember um, when uh, I saw on Facebook that uh, your youngest son Seb um, had actually made the statement of oh mum I think death is following us on our house city experiences because that wasn't your only one was it you actually had another one no no, it wasn't our only one after that one we came and we the next house it was with you guys over in Greece so we actually uh, and no no animals died there (laughs) we can attest to that yeah (laughs) All okay, Delania. So that was the house sitting academy uh, meetup where, but I, so I suppose it was a house sit, but we weren't there by ourselves. Yes. So which, but it was really, really awesome. So then we went from there uh, to Spain, where we hung out with some friends who had lots of animals, and we didn't kill any of those either, which was good. <laughs> and so then we went, came to the UK, and so basically our next, so it's probably really our second 
real house set, but mm. it was just us. Um, a when the puppy dog passed away again, oh. quite an old puppy dog, mm. and they have uh, six horses. I think at the time they had five dogs. At the time, two cats, nine chooks. I think that's it. So. <laughs> that's a huge amount and I think those type of house sits which you know there's there's plenty of people that that you know we know personally around the world that just love animals so much they have that many pets but the best part about actually having a family of five is you're actually sharing out the responsibility quite evenly um, other than Tash getting uh, uh, on her not doing her morning walking of the dogs because she doesn't want to get out of bed but um, I did see <laughs> lots of photos with her with the horses and um, yeah, I think there's a huge benefit. I mean, it, it's amazing to think that a family of five can go and get free accommodation. It's just quite yes. mind-blowing, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, it's just awesome, I think, for the homeowners because they're getting, you know, so much more out of it as well. Well, that's – and Natasha in particular, as you said, she's not really a morning person, um, especially since she's become a teenager. However, in the horse – one, the one we were just talking about, that's actually in her. She's in her element and she will mm. get up uh, quite early every morning and she, she takes care of all of the six horses. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. She's she, her values. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's about the only time she will do all of it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But I think <laughs> it's great. she's so passionate about them. Great for the kids too because it really does teach some responsibility. I mean, we saw Seb getting up really early when we were in Greece all together and he was the one out, you know, letting the parrot out yep. for feeding chickens. Yeah, feeding the chickens and stuff. Like he was taking care of so much stuff for us all. Like it was so awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. So we, yeah, so we tend to all have a job. Like depends on how many animals we have and things like that. But we tend to sort of split it up amongst us so that not one person's responsible for all of the all of the care of the animals, which works really well. Okay, so um, it's not a child labour ring that you're racket or anything that you're running <laughs> at the moment. You are actually uh, contributing, both you and Simon are as well. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I do too much actually. But <laughs> no. that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Um, <laughs> The, um, just to prove it, I, the people in France, that, that there's no hard feelings about these animals, unfortunately, passing while we were looking after them. The, um, the people in France asked us to come back, but we'll be away doing other, another house set, so we can't do that. And the people uh, where the puppy dog died, we um, have only just come back from them now. We've just spent two weeks at their house now, so they invited us back. So they kind of held us to blame too well, much. You, you must be all right. But that, that's the one thing again. It that, must that be okay. we, We've had that personal experience. And I'd just like to say thank you to both of you for uh, contributing so much to the House of the Academy in Greece. Uh, Simon, as you said, very handy man to have around and knows a lot of things. Uh, and I think that's one of the benefits of sort of living, you know, in, in a rural part of Australia, um, particularly a part of Australia that, you know, most people have this idea that it's one big old dry desert, but you guys live in the cold mountain region uh, with lots of fresh water and lakes and hiking. And, you know, it's, it's a, a part of the country where you do have to be sort of quite self-sustaining as well. So I think all of those life skills... Um, that you know, obviously both you and Simon have it now being passed on to the kids, but the homeowners in some of these amazing places around the, the world are getting the absolute huge benefit out of it as well. That's right. In fact, in France, Simon helped and then finished putting up a barn for the horses and he's done a whole bunch of fence. You did some fence creating, didn't you? Built a couple of fences oh. and he's repaired a whole bunch of things in houses, you know, like handles and 
Um, All right, I'm going just... to have to hold you up there. We cannot tell any more of these stories because <laughs> it's like if you're setting a new level here, <laughs> going oh, above sorry. and beyond <laughs> the call of duty, then, you know, just a, a cup, one one couple without all of this wonderful family, <laughs> Frost family, <laughs> help, handyman help on board, we're just never going to get a look in. <laughs> so uh, so the, the jobs go, Simon has to find at least one thing to fix, which they'll notice. <laughs> that they'll notice. And I have to clean the fridge really, really well. So ah, I already that's one of our key really secrets. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. I cook them a really nice meal, and Simon fixes something. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> that's like... hard to kill any animals. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think you've you've covered that one now. You don't have to repeat that experience. You've, you, that experience. you've already, you know, been there, done that. So time to move on. But I think that's a really good benchmark and and um, you know attitude to go in with it. What I'd like to do, I mean, this is oh, go ahead. Oh, just the, we're in a, an Airbnb now, as we mentioned earlier. Simon's already fixed something here. <laughs> Somebody else's house. <laughs> That's great. Not even the homeowner's house has already fixed something. So. Simon just can't help himself, seriously. Serial <laughs> mistake. The actual owner, the owner of the Airbnb has just dropped off a couch because there was no couch here because it's just beanbags. And she's left it here in boxes because I said Simon would love to put that together. <laughs> so Simon to put together a couch for an Ikea couch. So. Oh, that is too funny. Oh, I love all these projects. It's brilliant. Now, is he passing these skills on to your two boys? I think Ben's quite keen to put the couch together with Simon. It's okay. a bit like a really big Lego kit. Yeah. <laughs> Giant very Lego. Cool, very cool. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Teaching so, them young. Yeah, I just wanted to go back to a bit of this, this story. I mean, your house-sitting epic tales there are definitely in the legend status, as we, as we know. There's too many there to, to share, not to. But what's coming up for you uh, in this, this next gig is um, pretty phenomenal. I mean, there's you know, you've just come back from a retreat yourself, where everybody's saying, uh, "Where can we sign up? Like, can we come and <laughs> visit?" It. Ten months in Italy. Nice. I know. Well, no. our our trip is supposed to be all the way around the world, so the children are a little bit miffed because they feel mm. like we're we're not going all around the world because we have to miss America now because, as you just said. Uh, We've managed to get a house sit in Italy for 10 months. I, I'm going to hold you to that because I don't like the way that you're saying we're missing American now because at the end of this 10 months, I guarantee that Mr. Frost, somewhere in the background there, is probably going to be saying, why don't we just keep going? There's no way we're going longer. home. <laughs> he will be, but Natasha's in the other ear saying, I'm in grade 10 now and maybe I will want to do some other things with my education. And we'll be like, to go to school. Really? <laughs> Why? What's wrong with you? I think she just wants, it's just her friends, really. So yeah. yeah. I think she's that interested in school. Well, we'll see what happens after 10 months in Italy. Yeah. Yes, we'll see. But Who knows? This is a but question. Yes, yeah, this is a question that a lot of our listeners are definitely going to be interested in. I mean, I mean, your original plan was, what was it, um, 18 months or so traveling around the world yep. back to Australia. Um, and as you said, you've got other kids at home, including grandbabies as well. So you, ha you want to go back and see them, no doubt. But now you've just said yes to 10 months in one country, which means you can fully immerse yourself in it. Fantastic experience for your children. But you've taken them out of school. Uh, so how did you do it? What was the decision to do that? And, you know, having this flexibility that you're maneuvering along the way, especially now Tash has to stay out, <laughs> stay out of school a little bit longer. Um, walk us through all that. Um, well, I guess 
I was once a teacher, but I don't think that makes any difference whatsoever. Probably even hinders you more than anything. Mm. Um, the Australian education system does allow for homeschooling. I've, I've talked to lots of people here in Europe and it's not, nowhere near as big. It is quite big here in the UK, but not in, in the mainland Europe. It's not quite as big and a lot of the countries are quite strict about children attending school and not attending school. Yeah. But um, where we're from in Tasmania, the uh, we're, we're basically AWOL at the moment. So, But we went to the principals and we explained what we were doing and um, they said, I think your children are going to be much better off um, if they travel the world for a year and a half to two years than sitting in a classroom um, for that same period of time. They yeah. will learn a lot more. They'll world experience we go we take them to lots and lots of castles and and historic places Mm. um and we and we you know we take them to all sorts of places that you read about and the the things you learn about at school but they're actually you know going to the the, those places we happen to also be in france when uh the terrorist attack occurred so you know they were even just how a happenstance happened to be in a place when history was occurring. Mm. Um, wow. So there's all that. Plus they they have to learn a lot about different money and a lot of languages, and that's all just stuff without doing any official learning. Yes, we have also they've got a website they go to, and it's got 180 days for each of their year groups. They have to go in there. Um, they go in there probably two or three times a week, um, where we get them to do at least two or three days worth, which takes them through a lot of the maths and science and English. Uh, stuff that they need to do mm-hmm. uh, to stay up to their level. Uh, when they have any questions, they come and ask Simon or I, plus thanks to the internet, there's uh, lots and lots of resources on there as well that they use. Sebastian, he's the youngest and he's 11. He's managed to teach himself piano since we've left, wow. um, <laughs> which is no mean feat considering we're not, exactly, we're not carrying a piano around with us. Um, <laughs> He's doing very well with that. Um, And there's lots of examples like that where they've been able to explore their interests. So Mm. uh, we've signed Ben up to a stop-motion movie um, camp online. So we paid $10 or something for him to do that. It was a month-long camp Mm. where he got – they were set assignments and things like that. Um, and he's learned a lot about stop motion um, videos. Wow. Well, I think because that, he was really I think I interested can see in the it. agenda in that. I'm sorry, Ben. Ben, I know you'd be interested in it, but I can see Mum and Dad's agenda as being. Uh, would you like to work for us and to give you some of these little stock animations? That'd be great. They're all very useful skills. Like <laughs> life skills, of course. That's it. Of course. So, um, oh, and I guess the point is. That they are, they at the moment have the ability to explore for days, if not weeks, any particular interest that they have. If it's something that we can do while we're travelling, um, whereas if they're at home, you have all these other things that interfere. You know, you have uh, in the classroom, they don't do the same thing all day. They do four or five different subjects, and they jump from one thing to another. Uh, and then after school, they've always got sport or music or, and other things. So that might make them very well-rounded, but they never really learn to focus on one thing for longer than a couple of hours. Mm. So that's been really good, we think. However, in saying all that, once we get to Italy, we are thinking about enrolling them in distance education back in Tasmania so that when they do return home, they will be you know sort of on the same kind of page when it comes to what they're doing in maths and science and 
well, that's probably just maths and science, really. <laughs> um, yeah. So we and we we have that ability to to sign them up to the distance education based back there. It's going to be really um, interesting to stay up to date with you guys, and and I dare say, um, particularly through the Italy experience, because you'll be so much more settled. Uh, and able to really kind of, you know, uh, get into the place and do even some more updates on your blog, which uh, yeah. I know you've been busy with work, so it probably hasn't been as much going into, into your actual travel. Yes, once a week we all have to contribute, ah, everybody, good. every like since we left. So there must be basically 52 times 5 blog posts on there. Excellent. Well, to to watch uh, what happens with the Frost family living in Formello in Italy for 10 months, definitely go to upsticksandgo.com and keep a track and keep an eye on everything there. Yeah. And one of the um, questions that we often get asked by people is since you're traveling full time and you also got the added expense of having three teenage children, uh, how do you actually sustain yourself um, with income? That's a really good question. (laughs) Thank you, Natalie. A very Um, common one. We've actually been making money online since 2002, so I don't know why it's taken us so long to leave and start doing some something that we've always wanted to do. Mm. So we have had the ability to travel, and as long as we had an internet connection to be able to make money. So yeah, we sell things online, we sell digital products online, and we sell some of our services, being online marketing type services as well online. That's how we make our money. Awesome. And you're starting to move into teaching more as well. Yeah, so coaching people to teach them a little bit how to do the same as us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, um, people like me, we've, we've been thinking, probably wanting to hear about the sort of things we, we're doing, you know, mothers especially who might want a different future for their kids yep. and give them a different um, opportunities in life, um, want to do a bit of traveling, then we can teach them how to do the, the traveling and how to make a bit of money in order to support that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. I can see why that resonates so much with you because you were uh, what pregnant or just had a baby when you first started. On the That's right. Trip. Yes, that's right. And it was um, a big, you know, wanting to be able to stay home and, and do some stuff with the kids around, like lots of mummypreneurs mm. do. That's sort of the same uh, thing that I fell into, um, but still doing it now. So I'm still a mummypreneur, and now, as you pointed out, I'm a grandmapreneur as well. <laughs> so, right. And a very young one because you're still actually only Generation X, the same as Yeah, us. very young uh, one. So. Yes, I'm a t- pretty much the same age as you two, actually. <laughs> yes, we yes, could be right. grandmothers, don't remind us. <laughs> so to learn more about uh, what you're teaching and your business, have you got a website that you can share for everybody? Sure. We'll have it in the show notes as well, but um, if you could just right. mention it now. So at the moment, we've, I've been uh, teaching people how to make money online uh, through a webinar course, and you can go to Mission How Tos, which is M I C H O N How H O W Tos T O S dot com. Um, and as you said, the the link will be in the notes anyway. Yeah. But that's where I'm um, basically doing some free training. But anything that we decide to do in the future will also go there. We've we've um, got a few ideas to help people more at the moment to give them some more ways to um, to get started. Basically, because I think everybody has the ability to create something to sell online. Um, so it, it's very exciting. I'm mm. quite passionate about helping as many people as I can to realise that. 
and get a bit of freedom in their lives to do some more things, a bit well, of choice. That's really cool. That's and, cool. And I think if we just sort of go back to the start of what you first started talking about um, in our chat today was that you know, when you actually did make the decision and you've had the opportunity, as you said, for many years to be able to do this, but it, it obviously the timing had to be right, the kids had to be at the right age and ready to go. And when you made the decision to go, it's almost like you took a vacation to start with. You, you did the vacation through Australia, checking out your own country, heading over into Asia. And it's like starting with the house sitting um, has enabled you to do a bit more slow travel. And it also has changed your plans a fair bit along the way as well um it sure has <laughs> <laughs> did you intend to go house sitting when you first left was that on the radar yeah i had actually joined up with you guys before we left so yeah. i had um tracked you down hunted mm. you down on <laughs> facebook stalked and us, joined <laughs> i had i stalked you um yeah, before we left, probably right. about two months before we left. So I had thought about it and it was like everybody um, does when they first hear the concept. Like, oh, that sounds really good. So I'd really like to give that a go. But there's something in the back of your mind often that says, well, I, oh, it's, actually, maybe it's too good to be true. Yes. Maybe that's not something I'll be able to do, especially if you add three children as well. You, That's another reason you might think, well, I don't know if it'll work for me. Mm. But um, because I'm glad that we persisted and we... We didn't actually start applying for them until we were already in Asia. Right. Uh, so, yeah, for the Christmas one. So, yeah, I'm glad that we did, that we went through with it because, um, yeah, and not let those voices, those negative voices, um, we didn't pay any attention to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good. Well, it certainly stretches your budget, doesn't it, like in your, in your traveling dollar, I suppose, like it's enabling you to stay on the road um, a lot more and probably reducing a lot of the stress of having to make so much money to pay for accommodation for five people as you travel around as well. Especially in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the UK, as you guys know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, and as I said, you get to meet all these new people and um, the kids get a bit of stability and they get to hang out with their fantastic pets and we get to actually do a little bit of work mm. and not just be on holiday like everyone thinks we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other side, I'm going to talk about the downside of that because if you're traveling all the time, I mean, I've seen you guys like literally trying to GPS search the nearest Starbucks just so you can get some decent internet. And, you know, in most cases, your house it's going to provide that without the need to have to go and find, you know, cafes or coffee shops or anything, um, which I know you do enjoy, but um, at the same time. We do. Yeah, but it's very difficult, well, we think, um, it's very difficult to run an online business when you're traveling constantly, you know, like when we're in transit between house sets, um, we find it really difficult to keep up with stuff online, you know, keep creating and keep, you know, marketing as well as keeping up with all the admin stuff that needs to be done every day. Yeah, there's a certain consistency level. We've got um, three full-time staff in the Philippines as well, which we've right. had for five years, and we've got a bunch of systems in place. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and we too find it difficult when we're not sort of stationed or, you know, when we're actually in travel mode for a few days rather mm. than just a couple. If we're, if we're traveling around for a week, it, it's much harder, and we do spend a lot of time in Starbucks. Um, but, um, <laughs> but as a rule, we've set up um, some pretty good systems to get, you know, for them, for our staff to fill any gaps. Plus, we just have to contact them. As long as we can get onto Facebook, we can send them a message using yeah. Facebook Messenger and, and they can do things for us. So awesome. That's yeah, really helpful. Good system. So, yeah. All right, uh, and well, they're, they're reasonably inexpensive too. So if anyone ever gets to that stage, don't be frightened to, yes. to explore it. Yeah, I'm sure people really come and uh, 
reach out to you, which actually it's a good idea to mention. You can connect with Michelle also uh, through both the House Sitting World Facebook group and our little breakout group that we have, which is Income for Nomads. It's a group, on, a totally free group on Facebook, and Michelle's uh, always contributing a lot of stuff in there. Um, so some of these resources and, and conversations can happen as well. So really just to end today's chat, I uh, really appreciate everything. We could keep talking forever. Um, but what I would <laughs> like to do, do I've, I've, been asking, yep. I've been asking people about, like, you know, what's that kind of, like, dream um, intention setting house it to experience but I'm not going to ask you that because I feel that you guys are going to just keep creating it anyway like even if you're not aware of what you're seeking it's going to show up for you because I feel you're powerful <laughs> manifestors um, but what I would like to ask you is being it's like flipping the flipping the coin uh, as a family of five and if you were at home at the moment and as you said you've got your uh, pets there and if you were looking at having a vacation, whether it be for a month or six weeks or however long it is that you're wanting to take your family vacation, would you personally, now that you've had the experience of being a house sitter, take house sitters in for times like that? Yes, but I'd probably get a house cleaner in first. <laughs> <laughs> All the houses I go to are lovely. And I'm like, <laughs> and my house is okay too. But like, if we'd been living there for two or three years, I'd be like, no, I think probably should get the cleaner to come in an extra few hours <laughs> before someone else had to put up with it. <laughs> well, that's, that's I know that, I mean, you guys are a clean family. I know that. And you We've, lived with you. Right. We've lived with you. But it's interesting. I want to. I want to just dive into this just in the last minute or so here. Um, that ego perspective, because when you're flipping the coin, it, it's different when you're the house sitter. You're, you know, you guys have got these little rules like Simon has to fix something and you've got to clean the fridge immaculately and put up, you know, some yeah. great food. But um, when it's the other way around. It's a nice insight into the homeowner's psyche to sort of go, well, what are they going through? Are they going through the same thing? Going, oh, I don't want people to think my house is dirty. Like, well, they are because they tell me. <laughs> I get there and they've prepared a meal for us because we usually spend time with them before they go the next day often. And they'll say, I've been cleaning all day to make sure everything's just right for you. And yeah. I'm like, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it's about. Yeah. But so I know that they do too. So I'm obviously not that unusual. <laughs> No, and we had the same thing. Um, one of our absolutely cleanest houses was when we hit Barbados, where she said the exact same words. I've been cleaning all day for you in preparation. And it looked like it. And I said, you, you could eat off the floor. It was incredible. <laughs> and we were so gutted because we're like, how do we make it better? Because our rule is let's always make it better than what it is. And we found it. And we're like, we can't yep. do it. There's nothing it's else. It's impossible. <laughs> no, you know what you do? You go and buy some flowers. Oh, <laughs> but I'm sure you do that already. But that's, that's what you do in those circumstances. You buy some flowers. <laughs> okay, so final tip, uh, final pearl of wisdom, whether it be to uh, families considering going house-sitting themselves or traveling the world long time, taking your kids out of school, anything that you could just drop in and uh, let people sort of ponder on? Um, I guess we've just started a Facebook group called Boldly Different. So for me, I just say be brave and be boldly different. Yep. Don't be like everyone else. Yep. Do nice. something good for yourself and for your kids. That's very cool. Otherwise, they'll just all be little cardboard cutouts of everyone else. <laughs> and your kids certainly are not that. They are not that. Your kids no. rock. I have to just say this now to the world. Awesome. The Frost family children are awesome. <laughs> 
I won't replay this back to them unless they've been extra good. <laughs> this can be a reward. Honey, Nat and Honey Jody reckon they're pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Frosty Fruit family, you are officially house sitting legends. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, Michelle. Please give uh, everybody a big hug and kiss from us and yeah. we look forward to staying in touch with you online, uh, seeing you when we get to Italy and, of course, getting the update of what happens after this fantastic long house hit. Until next time. Thanks so much. Lovely to talk to you. You too. Bye. Bye. What an amazing adventure the Frost family are on with the incredible life experiences for the kids. So if you're a home and pet owner with a family, Think of how much you can be paying it forward having families house it for you while you take off on your own adventures. Be sure to come through to the show notes page for episode 12 at housesittinglegends.com and find the links to the upsticksandgo.com travel blog and Michelle and Simon's online business coaching websites. In the next episode, which happens to sadly be the last in this series, we chat with our wonderful friends Gail and Randy who sold up their dream home and all of their belongings in Canada said goodbye to their grandchildren and decided to do retirement in a whole different way. Tune in for this heartwarming episode up next.